What's up guys and welcome to the first part of our 7 episodes in 7 days campaign. I am David Gibson, the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, Athletic Communications Resource for all of you out there listening. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button or go follow us over on social media at SportsInfoCast over there. If you have any questions, you can email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. And this is our first episode, like we said. It is Mark Adkins. The answer of the day was Mark Adkins from Manchester. Manchester's a little town kind of like southwest-ish of Fort Wayne here in Indiana. It is a Division three school within the Hoosier, uh, not Hoosier, used to be the HCC. Not anymore. It's a Heart and Collegiate Athletic Conference. And some of you may know uh, Tyler Jester, our very, very first episode, uh, Hanover's part of the HCAC. Uh, and we hope to have more HCAC people on here in the future. Wink, wink. So, um, again, thank you for everyone who participated in today's uh, guess kind of thing. I, I'm not sure what really to call it right now, but guessing just who the, the guest, guessing who the guests are, guessing who the guest is. Um, that way you guys will be able to go into the standings and get into the running to get the free SID cast t-shirt. And then once all that's done, I'm probably going to uh, message you on Twitter or something like that, probably most likely on Twitter, and ask what your size is and what address I should ship it to. So um, be sure to check that out. Uh, Mark Atkins has been just about everywhere. He was um, in the sports information office and he thought, maybe this isn't for me. So he went into some uh, newspaper writing, some things like that, uh, ended up out in Iowa, eventually went to North Dakota State, then bounced around a little bit until he landed on, at Manchester, uh, in North Manchester, actually, I should say, uh, here in Indiana. And no, he'll make a joke, no, there is no such thing as South Manchester. But where we will start today, guys, I know this one's a little bit of a longer one to start off our um, our campaign so i'm going to keep this one brief we'll start off today at episode 42 with mark atkins of manchester spartans we'll talk about his own podcast this old sid right here on sid cast well it's not nearly as refined as you do i just one day i i've been writing the blog on tumblr and I uh, had a buddy of mine tell me that I should think about podcasts instead of just doing a Tumblr written blog. I just like to write. It was the biggest thing. And uh, it's one of the reasons why this profession has been so good to me and for me and my family. But uh, I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. So then I started interviewing people on the phone and cutting it down. I have a, just a simple sound wave uh, application I got online for a really limited cost, and uh, you know, I I thought, well, maybe people would like would like to listen to it instead of reading it. So I'll type it up, and then I'll I'll also um, put out a podcast about it. And we we've had some success. I, I also use it from time to time to do post game uh, interviews with coaches and athletes. Um, I haven't really expanded too far on that yet. Uh, I had told you earlier I've got a couple other things in the hopper. I've done everything from um, just open up my phone mic to the sounds of a regional wrestling tournament and talking about the sounds of the NCAA in March to interviewing um, a college friend about something he was doing recently. Um, it's kind of who I meet, what uh, 
what what you know what I like to do, um, especially in the summertime. I I use it a lot when I work for the Prospect League, working with the uh, Kokomo Jackrabbits. Um, it gives the, the Prospect League a little a little bit more exposure. They had a new commissioner, and I did a full two episode with him. I think for about uh, five to ten minutes each, and I had a really good time. Last year, I did a, a story about a family who worked for Kokomo. Um, I worked with their with the mom with Jack Rabbits last year, and the the oldest son was actually pitching the Double A for the the Yankees, I think. And all the brother, two of the other brothers were pitchers, and then one of the other kids worked for the uh, organization in, in video. So. That's just kind of what I've done with that. Uh, this old SID is what I call it. Um, sometimes I'll take pictures, you know, like I'm big. I really like things people might not think it's that big a deal. Like if, if I'm driving around in the late fall, I like to take photos of guys bringing in the fields or, if, uh, you know, I'll do stuff like that. Or um, I haven't been brave enough to interview a farmer yet, but who knows, maybe one day, one day, day I will. Um, I also, you know, I've, I thought it'd be kind of cool to go to some small town festivals and talk to people. I haven't done that yet, but I've kind of looked into that. Um, yeah, I did a, a, a piece about um, the, the festival in North Manchester called Fun Fest, and the lady who works in our office, who's the office manager, Tammy Hoagland, she is the she was the event coordinator. So we did something about that. And the best part about what I do is we also have something on Manchester's campus called sparkly stream and it's mostly audio there is some video component to it but uh i was kind of carrying the flag for the thing in the summer i put like two, two episodes up a, a week and people are like who is this guy how does he have time and I, you know sometimes a little more downtime but uh, i do need to get some more done i just told you before we got on your podcast that we have a former corporate college men's soccer player playing in sweden professionally um He's got a really neat story about the group that helped him get over there. Uh, I'm working on a combo piece about our women's basketball team fundraising to get to Puerto Rico. They've done a lot of different things to, to take their trip in December. And I've also got, there's an older gentleman in town who used to own Mr. Days, which is one of the top restaurants in this part of the state. He's a kind of a, he's kind of a local legend. Uh, he played basketball in, in high school around this area, and his, his team, I think, played won a state title. He has a lot of connections to Manchester. Um, Steve Alford's big up here, and he knows Steve real well. So when he gets back from his uh, his uh, winter, his snowbird trip to Florida in April, I'm going to talk to him because he's got a lot of great stories to tell about back in the day. When Manchester basketball in the late 30s was really, really tremendous, maybe even more so than when Alfred took him to the national championship in the 90s. But, um, I should say the national championship game in the 90s. But uh, that's kind of what I like to do. I like to find little things that people wouldn't pay much attention to and develop. And we also have a Tumblr account online called uh, Acorns from the Oak Tree, which oak trees are big in Manchester. So acorns, obviously, the little things, but uh, that's been a big, big hit. Uh, I used to teach a sports, a sports information class solo, 
and we would use that for my students to put their game recaps up so people could see them. And I had a former student who was working for Little League, who was at the Little League World Series. She did blog, she blogged every day, and people love that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That human interest side, it's not always about the stats and the names and the photos and everything. Sometimes people just like to read stuff about human interest. Who's at a game? Stuff like that. So. Okay. All that's right. where this that's where this old SID came in. But again, it's not near it was a fallen until you got. So. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: What are some of the uh, biggest challenges that you have with with doing your show? We may have the same thing, but I'm just curious: uh, What are some of the biggest challenges you have with with doing your podcast? Sometimes finding the time is tough because I mean, you get into a week and you're like, "Oh, I got a Wednesday's wide open," but I'm not. I've come to know, and I'm sure you have too, working at USI, that there's an open day in the calendar, beware, because that means everything's going to go out here. So, um, just finding the time, and then not trying to push Manchester University. I do that in, in other ways. I don't want to send that along in my personal thing, but I do from time to time. I, we, we did that because our fall sports media day, and I'm going to do it again in the winter and the spring, but... Uh, a lot of people that read and listen to that stuff followed me when I was at Warford. The first, the reason I got on the Facebook was we didn't have a um, like an email list back then when I started. Uh, I've been in the business for 17 years now, so you know that that handy dandy going to an email company is saying, "Hey, we need to create a list and send the news out to everybody." We didn't have that, so I used Facebook for that. So I signed everybody who I knew. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm going to be posting a work for you. I feel like things on my personal Facebook page. Well, that's how our, you know, that's how Facebook got started, the promotion for work for athletics. Well, now they've got their own page, their own Twitter, but it all started, you know, coming from, from me because our AD said, hey, we got to have social media presence, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. So, but uh, no, it's just the time um, finding, finding subjects that people want to, want to, Hear about, um, you know, I might think interviewing a farmer in Northeast Indiana is pretty cool, but I'm not sure that's going to get me a lot of listens. But on the flip side, I mean, it. Uh, I think you, you get a really good idea of what people. Sometimes they really don't care what the subject matter is, you know, especially when you put it on Twitter. Podbean, but I love Podbean. Uh, takes about five, ten minutes, and I'm also, I guess I should have told you, I'm working on a, a piece about Chris Ragsdale, the conference commissioner in the HVAC, and I think we're going to use that on their website once I get it edited. But, and again, you know, the other thing, too, is finding the time to edit it this time of year, right? Yeah. It'd be easy for me to interview somebody for five to ten minutes, but to edit that down right now, it's not easy, so. And, I, and I'm going to keep doing that. I love doing it. I know people probably think I'm on them crazy for trying it, but uh, it's something that came to me. We, we were actually, the, the, the blog came to me. I was on the road at my mother-in-law's, and uh, it was summertime. I thought, I think I'm going to start writing the blog. She said, well, it would be good for you. You know, you like to write. So I I was, and get this, I was so excited I couldn't sleep that night because I had so many my ideas in my head and running all over the place. And we, I had taken a photo of their... Um, his grandparents' farm way back when we first met, my wife and I. And uh, my mother in law has a hanging in her garage. 
So I did something called memory farms. You know, you have, have a lot of memories banked in your system, one place to the next. So that's how I got started. And I think we're on my Tumblr account, I'm probably like a post hundred something. I also do a lot of reposting, but that's kind of how all this, how all this got started. So okay. And last question about last you, about question. your show before I promise I promise we'll move on, Mark. Um, <laughs> that's do you have a favorite episode? Can you say that? My favorite episode on my podcast. Uh, you know, I do. I've got um, I've got three. Okay. Um, number seven on my episode list is about our office manager, Tammy Hogan. Her daughter, Mackenzie, is at Rugby University of Indiana. That was a lot of fun. Um, number eight, called The Picture on the Wall. That's uh, a guy I work with. Ben Smith used to write for the Fort Wayne Journal Gazette. He is a big Civil War buff. And he's got a picture in his office of the last reunion between some of the so of the South and North Vets and the guy shaking hands on a brick wall at a battle site. I put that on the Civil War blog area on Facebook and it went crazy. People loved it. And then the, the one after that, Taste of the Dream, is about you're from the Terre Haute area. I don't know if you know Andy DeJesus. He used to play for Indiana State. He is now playing for the, the Gary Railcats. And he used to play in the uh, he used to play in the, um, the prospect league for the Terre Haute Rex. And I had meant to do a thing about him, and then we, we lost contact. We lost contact, and then I finally got a hold of him this year. And he has a great story about it. he's from the Dominican Republic and how he got to the U.S. So that was a lot of fun, too. So that was probably my top three. I've also got, I think my favorite Manchester one is we did a, I did a thing in the summer with um, one of our volleyball players whose dad and mom went to school here. And she, her senior year of high school, almost was done playing anything. She had a nasty double disconnect uh, ACL pair. And she had a lot of coming back to do, and now she's one of the couple girls in the conference playing for us, and had a lot of hits on that too. I had, I had a lot of fun with that one too. So. Okay. All right. Cool. So let's go back all the way to the beginning. How did you get into sports information? What was the very first taste of sports information you ever had? Well, I got it. I went in the backwards way. Way back when I was a student at Warford College, I, I worked for Dwayne Schrader, the longtime Hall of Famer, Cosina Hall of Famer, who's met so many great people like Darren Miller and I, and Liz Erickson, who used to do Michigan State, and several others. I can't think to remember the name of them. He had an opening for a student work in his office, and I thought, well, I kind of like to try that. Well, I was probably his worst workplace student ever. I think I maybe wrote two or three stories, two or three stories for him, and I was always, "Hey, I got stuff I got to do." And Dwayne goes, "Man, I don't know if you're ever going to make it in this field." And I was like, "Well, I wanted to be a sports writer, so I moved into that." And ten years after I started sports writing, my my wife and I were sitting out in the deck of our house in Southeast Iowa, and I said, "Honey, I don't think I can go much farther in this in this business. I really don't want to be an owner or a publisher." I just, I, mean, I just wanted to work the sports and the media side. And 
she said, well, you know, you talked to Matt Turk was a good is a good friend of mine. He used to be at Simpson, and he now is at Cal State Bakersfield. Yeah, quick quick fact. He's my uh, Poseidon mentor. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, I don't I remember this, but Darren was actually, Darren Miller, who I mentioned, that's your backup. He, he was the sports editor at the Tipton Conservative. And the Kelowna paper, I worked at the paper, the Tipton um, Post is a really good friend. So Rob would always say, you should take a look at what Darren does. And I kind of had to stop my writing after him. He's a good writer, really good writer, good, good all-around guy, really good at what he did. So he jumped into the sports information at Cornell, and I talked to him one day, and I said, do you think I could do this? And he said, look, Mark, he said, it's just a matter of having to to the detail, and you can do this. So then I reached out to Matt Turk at Simpson, and he said, and he said hey, this is a – quite a deal, but I didn't even think he could do it. So I called up to North Dakota State where Jeff Schwartz is um, and George Ellis used to be in a VA opening. And I got the job with my family to Fargo. First weekend, I was like, man, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but then after a while, I was like, you know, this isn't so bad because you're actually furnishing the stuff that the media writes. So I kind of had an idea of being on the other side, I knew what they wanted. So I was a year in, going for my graduate degree. I was like, well, the Warburg job came open, which I was a, I was a graduate. The way it sat down. So I called Linda Muller, and she said, well, we've got a guy there, and they were looking at there, and I said, well, I'll just sign back. He's going to take it. And she goes, well, you know, honey, you got another year. And we loved it in Fargo. We really did. My wife and my, my young daughter back then. We really enjoyed it there. We were treated really well. So, well, there's nothing wrong with having another year. So let's get the graduate school done. So about three weeks later, I just started working for the Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks, the uh, independent league baseball team in town. Because what you did is, what most um, GAs did, for Jeff and George did, they took the Red Hawks job in the summer for more money. So Terry had a job, so I had a job in the summer. And Terry, I got home, Terry goes, hey, Linda Muller called again. Said she needs to talk to you right away. I'm like, well, I wonder what, wonder what that's about. So she said, yeah, our first two people we talked to it turned us down. I need you to come down this Friday for an interview. So I was like, oh. it all over. And the, the worst part was the guy I worked for, Josh Pucos, he said, you know, our, our GM never lets people take vacation from this job, and I don't know what he's going to do. I said, well, i gotta, I got to do this. He said, I know, but I don't know what he's going to say. And Tim Flackle, who is now a senator in North Dakota, said, hey, man, this is awesome. you got to go do this. So he let me take a week off. So I went down there, interviewed the coaches, ADs, Linda, and uh, – she goes, well, it went, went pretty well. Give me, you know, give me a couple of days to, to talk to some people. There was one person on the committee that wasn't in the office, and they wanted to talk to them. And uh, so we went to my mom. My mom and dad lived like 15 minutes south of Warburg. So you know, the mom and dad are happy to see their little granddaughter. And I said, all right, well. So we're getting ready to go out to dinner, and the phone rang. My mom goes, hey, it's Linda Muller for you. 
Valley, I must have left something up there. So she goes, well, I'm going to tell you something. Um, we talked to the person. They want you. We'd like to talk with you the job right now. And I, was, I have dropped the phone. I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. I was so accepted. My wife and I had always wanted to live in Waverly. So took the job and spent 11 really good years there. Um, really built a foundation, I hope, uh, built on what Dwayne and, and many others have put together. Um, it's hard to follow a legend. You know, you ask Walt Hazard or uh, several of the coaches have followed John Wooden, that how hard that is, and it's the same thing with that sports information. That following the wind was not easy. Mm -hmm. He knew everybody. He knew everything. and He was just a good guy. So, um, But he was the, – the, the biggest thing he did for me was he met me right away, and I said to him, hey, anytime you want to come back here, so no, Mark, this is your job. No, I don't want to be that guy that's always hanging around. I said, all right. And then we had a big weekend for him my first year there. And I'll never forget, we were just about done. And Dwayne goes, I'd be really remiss if I didn't introduce you to somebody really special. This is Mark and his wife, Terry. Because a lot of alums were in there who hadn't met me yet. So that was really cool to be able to meet. Uh -huh. I said, why'd you do that? And he goes, listen, man, I've been in your place before. just starting needed to push and this is one of the things I'm to help push so he he helped me from time to time um, that first year I'll never forget my first full weekend <laughs> uh, my sister and I got married and we had football on the road and back in those days you traveled with stats you didn't do like you do now where you wait mm. so the way goes listen I'll take Brianne who is going to work for me to Dubuque and we'll handle it for you we, Warburg went 64 to nothing, and he texts me, he goes, you owe me big. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got through the wedding, and, you know, the first year, and then we, we found a, we were living in the rental, we got a nice place right next to campus, and I think one of the worst days on the job was my second year, I was walking the soccer headshots, and I could, if we went back to Waverly, I could tell you exactly where I was standing by the house we used to live in. When our president called and told me Dwayne died, I I just stopped for about five minutes and I was like, "What did you say?" He goes, "Yeah, he and his wife were traveling in the Romanian Republic and he passed away in his sleep." I was like, "Oh man, so that that was a rough week. That was really rough, but uh, to have to lose a guy like that." But a lot of memories with Dwayne. His son Randall was a great help to me. He still he still does. I talked to him quite a bit. Uh, He's a librarian at the University of Iowa, which fortunately puts him close to Darren because Darren's in Iowa. And uh, Randall's a great guy. He's our only child. And Mary Ellen and Dwayne were so good to me. I, I think I, when, I, when we put his nomination together for his Hall of Fame award at COSIDA, he, uh, somebody asked me to, to kind of tell a story. And I said, well, you know, I told him about the, the time when he didn't, he said he didn't want to hang around. And, so there was one other time I really, really remember was at a Hall of Fame event. And the ba the old baseball coach, John Kirk, great guy, who I'm friends with. But in the beginning, he was, he was a real stickler for the details. And I didn't know everything because he knew it all. I mean, I, I was just taking what the way his record books had. And he got up and he said, well, some of this information is wrong. And Dwayne leaned over and he goes, Mark, I hate it when he does this. You were doing such a good job. 
And Mary, Mary Ellen said, I agree. You're doing a great job. He shouldn't do that. And Mary Ellen was so mad at John. She said something to him that night. And ever, ever from that point, things were a lot different. So she, but uh, they were so good to us. But, um, you know, the Warburg situation overall was, was great. Um, I got to be there when they built their new facilities, um, their new football stadium, their new uh, the W, which houses the community's fitness area and indoor track, uh, basketball arena. And then you know, I also got to mentor some great people, including the person who took over for me when I left, Katie Jo Keelins. Um, she was a really special young lady to myself and my family. Um, you know, it was weird because back then when I was hiring, I wasn't really paying attention. But now when I bring somebody like that, you kind of know now. Mm. After having been around for so long, you're like, I kind of can tell. And I think I've got one just like that. He just started working for me here in Manchester, which is a great thing. So, But, so yeah, there's a lot of good people, a lot of memories. But at the end, it was time to go. Um, I was just running out of gas. Uh, you know, people ask me, you know, you, you know, you've moved a couple times and is that hard? I said, it was, it was tough. I mean, Callie was just coming into high school and it wasn't easy on her. And we had some issues the year I was gone in Vermont, but uh, when they were with me in Vermont and Norwich, but um, it's something we had to do. Uh, it just because at the end it was time. I knew it was time. Um, Terry did too. Um I was just getting kind of kind of frazzled from what and somebody asked me well, I've been asked several times, well, why did you? And I said, Well you gotta realize success is great, but it also creates a lot of work. And when you got programs like Warper does with track and field and wrestling and baseball and football and volleyball that are so successful all the time, it's really hard to catch your breath. And that's kind of what I was feeling, you know, they were and again, like they should, like any institution should. They wanted to keep adding to what they were doing, and all these coaches wanted it. They should want that. But at that time, I was just out of gas and kind of no more. So I had been looking around my 11th year at the end, and the Norwich job was open to Vermont. I said, well, you know, they they were offering two full-time assistants, you know, a a little bit more pay raise, which doesn't hurt anything. And Mm -hmm. so we went out there. you know, it was it was a difficult year personally, but uh, we made it. Uh, it was good for us to to be away. My wife's uh, father got ill, and uh, it wasn't easy on us. My grandmother died, but you know, we 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 we, we got through it. Uh, Callie, even though she probably doesn't like to look at that year very much because it was such a small town, I think she would even tell you she grew up a lot that year. Um, right now, as she's looking back. Um, so, you know, Norwich was good good for me, too, on a professional level. Um, it's, it's a different uh, animal dealing with two full-time people. And Charlie and Derek were good men. Uh, Charlie has very, was very passionate about Norwich. Um, he's really, he was really and still is really well-known in that area. Um, Derek is a great young man who took the job when I left after a year and uh, – I think at the end, though, it was just time for us to get closer to Iowa. Um, Terry, when Terry's dad got really sick, I, I was like, well, maybe it's time to, to look. And it, this is a story that I've told so many people. Now you're probably the 200th. <laughs> My apologies.
apologies for this, but uh, when I when I was getting ready to, to move on, we had just we couldn't afford our townhouse anymore. We were living in which we knew was coming, and the place we thought we had fell through. So we were living in a motel for a couple, and that was not easy. Anybody who's lived in a motel for a while, that is not an easy life. So I had an opportunity at a conference nearby and went down there and interviewed twice, once on the phone and once in person. And, and then the Manchester job was open, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of Manchester, but I think I know where North Manchester, Indiana is. So I called Kevin Lanky, uh-huh. and I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll uh, remember that when you talk to him for his section, but uh, he was telling me about it, and he said, by the way, there is no South Manchester. <laughs> I was like, that. thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. So he was telling me about, hey, it's a nice little school. You know, they got you know, a lot of different things sports-wise. I think it'd be a good fit for you and your family. So I called up Lenny Reich, who was probably my best friend in the business from, from Mount Union. I said, what do you think? And he said, Mark, you'd be perfect for Manchester. It's kind of like what you're, where you're from and, you know, what you could, you know, cornfields everywhere. And I said, that sounds like, Sounds like an Iowa boy right there. So mm-hmm. I was like, that'd be awesome. So we had just gotten back from the, the uh, area Cali went with me to look around the town, the bigger town. And they liked it where the conference office was. And the conference commissioner was like, I'll give you a call. And I think things were looking pretty good. And I said, all right. So we got back to the town. Like it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I had to be to the airport by 5 a.m. To Manchester, New Hampshire, to get, to get this flight. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to forget about going to Manchester. You know, I think we're okay with what we got here. And Terry goes, no, I've been thinking about that the whole week. I think you should take a look at that. I said, are you sure? Yeah, I think you should. So I'm tired. I haven't slept in two days. And I, it's emotional. I, Terry and our landlord were going through our townhouse with us. And it was just, everything was balling together. I'm, I'm literally in tears as we're laying in Fort Wayne. And and then the guy who was working with me, who's our women's basketball coach, is a really good friend of mine. Josh called me up and said, by the way, our AD's here. Okay, now you got to realize, I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. I haven't, haven't showered or anything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What kind of first first look is this? So, and I got there, and I knew the minute I was getting my bags, and Rick, my boss, walked up to me and said, we really want you in Manchester. And he shook my hand and put his arm, his hand on my shoulder. And I'm like, this is home right here. And uh, we got down there and they'd let me shower. And they'd like give me an hour or two and put me up in a hotel. And I got back and Terry goes, what do you think? And I said, I think this is a good place for us. So we waited. And about two weeks later, I, I, he called me and he goes, what do you think? So I, I think you got your guy. So... Yeah, we moved back, um, got back on fumes, basically, to, to, Fort, to Fort Wayne. And it's been, ever since, it's been awesome. Uh, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Like, again, though, Norwich was a good year for me to know I could do that, not so close to home, uh-huh. family, and everything else. So, I mean, I, I love it here. I'm starting my, is this my sixth year here? It sure is. Wow. Don't get old, David. You heard Tony say that on the phone. Don't get old. <laughs> My goodness. But, uh, 
that's kind of the Mark Adkins sports information story. Um, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of great people. I've had some great experiences in the organization of COSIDA. Um, I was on the board the first year I was in Manchester. I was on the board for, for three years. This was great to get the inner workings. Um, I was just named second VP of D3 side of this year. Yeah, so that's going to be fun, that process, and uh, some great people to work with there. But uh, I got to tell you something. I always tell people who, well, how do you get into this job? I said, well, don't do what I did. <laughs> Ten years as a writer. But uh, And then I said, well, then again, you know, and that's the one thing to me that I still find so very, very important is writing. Not just for social media, but recap writing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm betting that my recaps are longer than some, but I just, that's a really good chance, a tangible way for you to show people what you can do in the office. So. All right. All right, cool. But you mentioned something back in the uh, beginning part of this episode that I don't think a whole lot of people that we've had on the show has done. You were a uh, a teacher of sport information class. What? Yeah, yeah, I taught uh, sports information, principles of sports. When I got here, my boss said to me, hey, you know, there's a there's an opportunity to teach. You get a little more money. And the guy who was here before me did. So, well, I'm game, and I had never taught anything. Mm. So that first that first class, I had big dreams, and I have about 30-minute class. So I was like, well, I got something because my first my first classes were supposed to be two hours long in the, in the winter so I sat down with some guys and they, they kind of helped me chart out some different things and as I got more comfortable with I really liked it and basically it's just um, um, I went through a textbook from a local publisher about uh, media sports and mass media and sports and media relations and um we took some field trips. Um, last year, we went up and saw Tom at Purdue. Um, went up and saw Dan at Notre Dame. And the best part about the Notre Dame trip was one of the former Defiance student assistants is working there. So that kind of opened up everybody's eyes. Like, wow, they're working at Defiance. They got here. So uh-huh. <clears throat> haven't had a lot of people want to continue out of those classes. But again, I think the way they're going to do it now, well, I'm going to be co-teaching next year now with somebody else. They're going to offer this to freshmen and sophomores. Um, basically, I just had juniors and seniors who knew what they wanted to do. And uh, we did have one guy last year, one of our men's basketball players, who's a really good writer, but he never really pursued it. Wanted to go into sports writing, but I think he's selling insurance or something. Now. But it's kind of, I don't, you know, I kept telling people this is a great profession, but I think they look at me like, are you kidding me? All this stuff you're trying to teach me how to write. And it is kind of daunting. I mean, it's stats and whatnot, but once you get the hang of it, you never want to do anything else. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> you, know, you say you you don't go the way you did into your your job. I broke both my legs, and that's how I got into, into this in a roundabout way. So, yeah, I, I'm completely with you there, but... Uh, I'd like to transition part of the interview to where I like to ask some fun questions, Mark. Um, sure. What is your favorite memory in your professional tenure? 
Man, these are going to be easy questions. You said they were going to be easy. They're fun, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, what was my favorite? I've got, I've got a couple. Okay. The first one is the first time Warburg won the national wrestling title. My wife and daughter, they were with me when that happened. <laughs> my daughter is on the side, and she was little. She would bring a friend with us, and... They would always run up to the head SID and say, hey, can we post the results for you? And the guy who runs the goes, hey, they're free labor. So they love running up and down the stairs of the arena, put the results all over to go get them. And, and the one guy goes, you got to tell them to slow down. They're going so fast, I can't even give them the results in time. So <laughs> they love doing that. But uh, So, yeah, that first time they Warper won the wrestling title. And then when, the, when Warper hosted outdoor track and field and their women won it, Man, I was standing right next to them when they made that announcement. That was the coolest thing ever. I had so much fun with that. Uh, that was a long weekend, but it was a lot of fun. Hosting national championships has been fun. I've had a chance to host cross-country wrestling, track, outdoor track and field, golf, women's golf, which is different, but it's really cool. And then next year, we're hosting the Final Four for Four years of the Allen County one more Coliseum for D3 men's basketball. Hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that too. So uh, those are, I think the national stuff's the most, but also the, the things you don't think about, which are pretty, should be more obvious. So just getting to know people, getting to know Katie Joe Kewins, who's now was a rising star award winner, following in my footsteps at Warburg, which is really neat to have a former student do that. You know, seeing a Tyler Stevenson at Indiana Tech, it was the first time he, he got he got into the my office. I didn't know what to think of him, and now he's the NSID, and he's doing a great job. And then having his wife do some stuff for USA South Conference, and it's just been tremendous. You know, so um, it's just those are the kind of things, too, that have been important. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, we talked about your favorite memory. What about the other side of the coin? Do you have any big horror story from your tenure? Oh, I'll never forget. <laughs> you should say that. Why is it SIDs always remember those first? <laughs> um, our first time we hosted our men's basketball invite at work, I had no idea what I was doing. I I paid for it dearly. We Our stack computer crashed. Our paper, somebody put it in landscape to print box scores, and our coach didn't like it. Uh, just a mess. And then uh, I had, we had a double event, my first double event day at Warburg. We had a wrestling, we had the conference dual section there, and then we had a home men's basketball game. And I think our assistant basketball coach wanted me canned on the spot because he was furious about stats didn't get printed, the printer didn't work, and Katie Joe was in tears. And so that, that those are the two, two really tough days but the overall the one day I for personal reasons was that day I got that call from the president about the way and that that really shook me up I oh man it's weird how you remember things like that and where you were kind of like mm -hmm. the 9-11 and then the, the, the day 9-11 hit I'll never forget sitting in my office you know we we didn't have a lot of home that week but we had a football game at Cornell College and I called Rick and he goes is it really that big a deal and his assistants were like, oh, yeah, this is really bad. And they said, well, I'll let you know. So we went down there, and that wasn't a good week for Warper because the 
Cornell beat him for the first one of the few times ever at Cornell that Saturday. But uh, yeah, that was that was a rough time too. That when nine eleven happened. So and those are the, the the horror stories I think I'd relate to the most. Just you know when computers went down or right. the old uh, nothing like the laptops now. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't plug in the charger, it went beep beep. Well, I'm there. We were playing uh, Grandview in men's basketball and, uh, right before Christmas. And one of my work city kids had forgotten to bring the, the charger and they thought they could make it. Well, we're, in the, we're midway through the second half and you hear this beep, beep, beep. It was so loud the officials had to stop the game. So I we got an adapter and I got several stern looks from my coaching staff and we got to figure it out. So, yep. What uh, what's one piece of advice you give a student going into this profession? Flexibility is key. You know that you got to be ready for anything. Uh, I always tell my work study students, it is what you make of it. You can come in this profession and do a work study job and just kind of hide out in the corner and get paid, and you're not going to really learn anything. Uh-huh. Um, I like the students who get dig in and want to write or want to be team leaders or want to do photo, video, social media, whatever, because it's all part of the package now. And uh, I think a lot of them understand now when I say that, well, I get what you're saying after they've been here for a year. Like, yeah, now that is true. It is what you make of it. So, no, but flexibility, um, a short memory of, you know, you know that in this profession, because yep. there's going to be days where you wish you weren't doing this, but that could be followed by a day where you wouldn't know what you do without it. So mm-hmm. a short memory, um, flexibility, also paying attention to something that a lot of us don't, paying attention to your family life balance is important because you can easily get sucked in where you're working 90 hours a week and it's not all getting done. It's never going to all get done. No matter what you do, it's not all going to get done. But, uh, you know, 17 years in now, I kind of have a better understanding of that. Uh, my first couple of years, I was gone all the time, travel all the time, but now I don't do not do that near as much. And I'm probably not the only SID in my age who's been in it this long who would be that way. So okay. those are things you learn as you grow and mature. So. Okay, yeah. Short memory, definitely something. We had. I messed up at our volleyball tournament last Saturday. Yeah. Had to forget about it. Moving on. Yep. That's coming up. Yep. Um, when you look around in the HCAC Division Three, uh, maybe the country, and you look at an SID and you say that that is a good SID, uh, what are some things that they do, or maybe some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Attention to detail. I think was it my third year at Warburg. Yeah, we had. We were going. We were in the regional softball. Well, we were in the soft. We were in the spring season, and Darren Miller, who I talked about, um, I had been sending him notes back and forth on some small thing about our baseball game. And I said, "Hey, I, I'm sorry I'm bothering you so much, but it's really bugging me." And he goes, "Mark," he said, "That's how you know when somebody's destined for this job when the small details matter to them." So a person who pays attention to detail almost to the point of being obsessive-compulsive about it. Um, 
somebody who really cares about working with people, um, who isn't just in it to, to see how far their, their team can get in a tournament. And I know there's not, well, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus at all when I say it. I'm just saying from time to time I've seen people get into this profession that, you know, it's just been important for them to be around the national championships. But to me, it's a much bigger scope picture there because you really have to be able to work and care about people. You have to have a servant's heart for this job, David. And uh, those people like that, uh, like Larry Happel at Central, um, you look in the conference I'm in now, Kevin Lank is a perfect example of that. He'd do anything for you. I think I called him in the middle of a meeting the other day about a men's basketball question in early August, and he answered it. Guys like that who aren't afraid to pick the phone up for you. Just a talk, too, not just a talk shop. <clears throat> if you're having a bad day, you haven't gone a lot, and your wife's frustrated with you, and Usually the best person to talk to in that situation is another SID who's married and kind of understands what you're going through. That's why Lenny and I have such a cool relationship because we we have a lot of back and forth. He's an Indians fan. Uh, it's easy to be an Indians fan now. And I'm a Kansas City Royals fan, which is not easy right now. It had been until these last two years. But uh, so we're always going back and forth on that. And uh, he's a big uh Ohio State guy, and I'm an Iowa Hawkeye guy, and he, so you got to have those kind of friendships, where you can just kind of get on the phone, and invariably it'll lead to, hey, did you hear about someone else or this job? Pick up one of his colleagues, ask how you're doing, mm. it's important too, so, yeah. All right, all right, so what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about this profession? One thing I really want to video. I've got a young man who's a sophomore now who is dynamite. Uh-huh. I keep telling him, I said, I think we're just scratching the surface. And he goes, well, yeah, the rest of it's going to cost some money. He's right. because We're pretty much at the top end of what we can do with what we have. And my AD knows that. But, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see where video could take this thing. I, I don't know if it's ever going to truly fully replace writing. I don't think anything will ever will, and I hope it doesn't, because that's 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 my most important task every day is writing. That's why I have that blog and was developed into a podcast. So, no, but the one thing, yeah, video, just where it might go, what kind of avenues it might lead to. Um, I don't think. And on a similar vein, I don't think social media is tapped out yet. I I think there's something big coming. I just don't know who's going to do it and what it's going to be. So, and the video and social media is kind of colliding now because Twitter's having live video on their feed. And you can run your live stream on the Facebook Live. So it's kind of combination there. So, and I, it's going to be neat to see what, what comes from that down the road. Okay, all right. Um, Work-life balance, what do you do to have fun? You need to talk to my wife. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I do some intentional things. Um, The NCAA men's basketball tournament weekend is mine. I go home Wednesday night, 
That don't surface again till Monday. <laughs> My boss Rick here knows. He goes, I know exactly when you're going to take vacation. So those two days. Um, and then, you know, Christmas time, I take a little extra time off because we go back to Iowa, um, see the family. Um, and then I try from time to time a Friday here or there where I've got some time off, you know, sometimes even in the fall. Um, I turned the big 5-0 in two weeks, so I've got a, I'm not sure if that's reason for celebrating in the morning. <laughs> um, I'll probably take that day off the 29th, but uh, from time to time I take a Friday off. And then the one thing with Terry I always like to do is text her at work, let her know I'm thinking about her, because... It is so easy in this profession to get tunnel vision. You know, you just that's all you're thinking about. And then other times I'll get up out of my chair and walk around campus for a while and just to see what's going on. Maybe sit around, sit outside the music area when they're practicing and listen to them and stuff like that. Go look at the art exhibits. Uh, go talk to my buddy over in marketing, Ben Smith, and stuff like that just to get out of the office. So. Those are the kind of things I like to do to, to get away from it. Um, I like to read. The, uh, the blogging and writing thing is, an, is another way. Because uh, like I told you, a lot of that is not sports information related. I try to keep that away from that area. So. But that's kind of what I do. Right. Um, so. Next time, someone's in the Northeast Indiana area. Specifically Manchester. What's your restaurant recommendation? In North Manchester, there's not a lot of choice. That's uh, why I kind of looped in the <laughs> Northeast Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a sit-down in town, you got to go to the main view. Uh, Scott, the guy who owns it, is, is a big supporter of MU. Um, he's always got a really nice crowd, a nice menu. It's right downtown. Um, there's a new ice cream shop that opened in town that I haven't tried yet called Louis. The guy who used to own the building had a soda fountain there, and they're trying to bring that back. And the college kids rave about it. I haven't been there yet. Um, there's also a really neat little tea room I haven't been to, but they said they serve really good breakfast there. And a Pocomoco, which is the river in the area. Um They have that downtown. Uh, there's a lot of fast food options in the nearby area. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with BK for beer fans? No, I don't think so. They're a big thing in this area in the summer times. Well, you got to try when they make their own homemade root beer and they have upside down banana splits, which are to die for. So they're kind of in this area. Um, Penguin Point's big up here, a fast food place, which is a little different than your run of the mill McDonald's and whatnot. But I'd say the top choice here in town would be the main view. They've, they've got a really nice little place. they got TVs to watch sports, and it's got a nice little back banquet room. And there's been talk that they may be opening another restaurant, but a little known fact about North Manchester. Um, well, a couple things. I don't know if you were going to ask this, but uh, this is the birthplace of Wilbur Marshall, who was the vice president of the United States. I'm not sure what number. Mm. And then also, we have more auto parts stores, I think, per capita than any other town in the 
around this area. We have we have five auto parts stores, which for a town that with the population of about two thousand, there's a lot of auto parts stores. So it's kind of some fun facts about North Manchester. And again, there is no South Manchester. So, <laughs> just to reiterate, right? <laughs> yes, just to reiterate. Yeah. So um, if anybody wanted to follow up with you, they have any questions, uh, what would be the best way to do it to get in touch with you? You can uh, shoot me an email, call me, um, FaceTime me if you want to, uh, Facebook. I'm on all social media outlets personally, Mark Adkins on Facebook. Uh, back in Big Ten on uh, Twitter. Um, I, I've if you'd like to follow on my podcast, I'm not going to guarantee it's going to be earth-shining information all the time. But, uh, there's 21 episodes to listen to now, which I really enjoy doing. I hope to do some more soon. Uh, that's this old SID at Podbean. I also have a Tumblr account by the same name um, as writing and photos from time to time. Uh, and uh, my Instagram account is the uh, Spartan SID. I don't use that as much as I'd like to, but uh, I think that's the one. Again, you know, you were talking before earlier about this is my exploit. I think Instagram's on the on the verge of that. Um, this, uh, I'm kind of curious is this they'll ever have live video on Instagram? And like every other platform, it seems like they've tried that, and I'm kind of curious about that. So, but uh, no, and I have a question out there for anybody if they're listening. If but I know they'll listen to this. Have you had anybody talk about uh, noticing on Twitter where they have live coverage streaming? How do they do that? Uh -huh. I'd kind of like to know how they do that because I'd like to push our content across Twitter live streaming video. But I don't know how people do that. Or on Periscope, they do their events on Periscope. It's not just the video, small video clips, but it's a full event. I'm kind of curious on that, how they do that. So. I don't know. Hopefully, somebody can answer that question. Because yeah, of, yeah, that's kind of. I think there were a couple schools that actually do that. The live stream on Twitter. I know the FIBA, the basketball, yeah. worldwide basketball organization. They do. They did their European championship for uh, every game they have on Twitter. So I, I'm curious if I mean, you know, Twitter now has the uh, PGA Tour. Um, there's got to be a way to get involved with that, but I just don't know how you do it because there's really no instructions on how to. Because I think they'd want to get into that at some point. Uh -huh. so, yeah, do you think they would yeah. like to, you know, with yeah. their largest competitor yeah. actually doing yeah. it? So. There you go. Mark Atkins, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome, Mr. Gibson. Thank you. Who's, who's, who's tomorrow's guest? Uh, tomorrow, uh, I have to keep it a secret, actually, and I'm about to explain why here in a second. So, what's going to happen here, guys, is just exactly like today, is that we're going to post a picture or an image on Twitter. It's going to be a fill-in-the-blank, kind of like a hangman style, and when you get, it'll come up 1 o'clock Central Time, 2 Eastern, 12 Mountain, 11 Pacific, I know my time zones, uh, and what it'll do is, it's going to be a fill-in-the-blank for you guys. And I already prefaced this in a Tuesday talk, and I've probably talked about this in future episodes coming up. When you answer first, you get X number of points, maybe five points. Answer second correctly, you get three. Answer third, you get one. I'm going to put you guys in a big standing. 
and then uh, the top, I think the top person at the end of the standings is going to get a free SID Cast T-shirt. So oh, that's why nice. I can't, I can't give away the answer yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I need people to, you know. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate you having me on, and best wishes for the show down the road. So. All right. Thank you very much, and thank you everyone who has already downloaded, subscribed, and rated and reviewed this show. Uh, really do appreciate the average five-star rating on iTunes. You can, as always, check us out on our website, sidcast.fireside.fm, and then whatever specific number you're looking for, you put a backsplash, backslash, not backsplash, uh, and then the number. And that's, that's basically how you get there. So thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in our next part of the 7 and 7 series tomorrow.